everybody, welcome to History Unloaded. I have a lot of problems with you people, and you're going to hear about it. Welcome to our Festivus episode. For the rest of us. For the rest of us. So, I mean, I feel like we've done we've done this. We just haven't had a name. Yeah, we, for we've it. griped a lot. We've, like this is yeah, this is not unusual. Uh, but we decided that it's the holiday season. You know, it's a wonderful season, but it's also a season riddled with family that you may or may not get along with. So we're just going to air our grievances out and we'll probably make enemies of some of the people that are listening and then they can air their grievances at the family table. Yeah. In true family table, it's time to go all, uh, well, one, obviously celebrate Festivus, the traditional holiday. And that's coming from Danny. Danny is advocating for a secular holiday. Yeah. How, how dare it, how Harold Darrett, I dare it. How dare it? I don't know. I was trying to think of a way to make dare weird, but how dare how I? dare I? Um, how dare I? Uh, so yeah, we have grievances, and it's time to air them. And feel free to use any of these said grievances to up the drama at your holiday gathering. Actually, mine. My first one that I've got, I think would. Let's hear I it. think it would. Um, Go for so it. that is that I am tired of being mansplained to. By white middle-aged men on both sides of the gun debate. <laughs> Elaborate. So, okay. So we all know about like the, I guess the gun guy side, you know, there's all the different categorizations right. of gun guys and like being a woman in the field. Um, although like, I'm not, not hating on all white middle-aged men, but like, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, you know, like I get like, sp- like I get splained to gunsplaining. Uh, by a lot of people still even to this day, I'm actually going to uh, give a real example that happened to me within the last month. I was at a police headquarters and there was a shotgun uh, on the wall by the lobby. And like, I knew that the shotgun was there in case there was an issue. Okay. I knew that I'm not dumb, but I wanted to know why that shitty shotgun, right? Like why not something better? And there was an answer that made sense, but the officer that I was talking to literally said, sorry, he actually said to me because shotguns fire more than one projectile at once. <laughs> I'm not, I wish I were kidding. And I was like, oh yeah, cool. Oh, wow. The the answer was because officers uh, have a range of rifles they can qualify on. And if it's going to be there for use for everybody, you would have to have a beer rifle everybody qualifies on. So they all qualify on this type of shotgun. That's it's like the party shotgun. Yeah. I just, so that happened to me. And I just like, I was just like, did this, like, it's the 21st century. Did someone just tell me how the, how a shotgun works in the weirdest way I've ever heard a shotgun being described? Like, I was just like, I think I may have done it better justice. Like, I feel like I said, files, fires, multiple projectiles at once, but like, I feel like it was something, it was something worse. Like it was something more ridiculous. So yes, everybody who's in the industry who doesn't look like the stereotypical, what we've called on the episodes before OFWGs, um, they're used to at some point, somebody, you know, lecturing them on, on firearms. But what is lesser known, I feel like, is that there are a lot of people who are on the other side of the debate that talk that are white middle-aged men who talk about like, 
you know, like their authorities on, you know, the the black experience with gun ownership, you know, or the black experience with guns. And, you know, whereas like I feel like a lot of times in the gun world, it's like we actually have people who are representative of that demographic talking about it. But like, you know, I, like I was there's a person that I know who will remain nameless because he doesn't deserve to get mentioned. But like he literally thinks he's God's gift to understanding guns and violence and like literally talks about everyone's experiences, but has no perspective on any of it. And it's actually super racist the way that he does it. So I am tired of every guy, not every guy. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that. But like these little pockets of middle-aged white men on both sides telling us and me uh, things I already know or things that are super historically inaccurate on both sides and then like feeling very proud of themselves and feeling like that voice of authority is the only opinion that exists. And that I, makes, I guess we shouldn't totally like Michael Bloomberg's, he's an old white guy, but like, you know, oh, he's definitely, he's just mansplaining to the whole country while he drinks his big old, big right. gulp. He's, He's, I don't know what to call his explaining, but he is clearly just. But we're not going to get involved in that political statement. But, you know, it just is really annoying that I, I see this exact same demographic lecturing me on both sides. And I'm tired of it. I think part of, if I can offer, as a man, if I can explain some things. Um, <laughs> if you can explain some things to me. If I can explain You're not middle aged though yet, Debbie. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> um I think at least half of that is that at least for the, for the side, the latter side um, is born out of the stereotype that gun owners are only old middle-aged white guys. Um, like that is a stereotype. And I think there was some truth to that. I'm still in, I don't know. I don't know that there is much anymore. Um, there are. But there, there's certainly the idea on people that don't like firearms that only one demographic owns firearms, even though the contrary is very true. So you are not of the dem demographic that owns firearms. So therefore, the politics of firearms must be explained to you. Or, or, uh, or old white guys in the gun world are very aware that they are old and white. Whereas I feel like on the other side of the debate, they have no idea that they're white <laughs> and old. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> it's kind of true though. Um, and you know, I, I just like, I don't know. I just wish that people would stop lecturing me all the time on both sides and why it's the same demographic of people. Um, you know, at least that they have that in common. Maybe we could use that as some common ground. Yeah. All right, everybody. We found our common ground. Um, stop yelling at Ashley. On both sides. <laughs> yell at Ashley. Let's come together over this. Did you say yell at Ashley or don't yell at Ashley? I, I said yell at oh, Ashley. Cool, cool, cool. We got, yeah. Okay, so Danny, what's one of your grievances? Because I'm pretty sure like so, mine just made a lot of people mad, but that's fine. So this one is not actually on my, um, our like pre-season planning list. It also known as Danny made some notes and I did not. Danny made like literally like 50 words worth of notes. Um, For the so entire mini season. One of my grievances... And it fits under the larger category of like problems that happen because of visitors. But I really, really, really get annoyed um, by people that come in and like condition shame our museum guns. Who does that? Oh, all the time. Somebody will walk in 
maybe of a certain demographic that we've already talked about. And they'll be like, oh, I got one of those. Mine's way better shape. And I'm just like, one, I know it's not because. Is it still mansplaining if it's a mansplaining it to a man? I don't know. Um, but like, I, so I've had these conversations with the guys and they'll come in and they're like, I'm looking for one of these and then I'll show it to them. And then they'll be like, Oh, cool. Mine's in way better shape. Or I'll get an email that, Oh, I just saw yours and mine's in way better. Do you want mine for the collection? And whenever that happens, I always ask them for photos and it almost never is in better condition. It's just, they have lied to themselves long enough about its condition. Yeah. Um, or it's been refinished or whatever. Like they don't understand what original condition means. Um, but they always do. And they're just like, and then they like, they want to have some one-upsmanship on the museum, like as like a point of pride. So they, you know, try and like belittle our collection. And it's this weird thing. And it is a pet peeve of mine and it drives me crazy um, because we, you know, there's certainly our condition issues within the collection and like some guns, um, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it went through the Winchester ballistics lab and they decided to take the front sight off, or maybe they didn't finish the barrel or, like there's all um, any number of reasons that one of our guns might not appear to be in perfect condition. Um, but that's part of the gun's history and part of the gun's story. Like having a perfect condition gun isn't the goal. It's like illustrate firearms history is the goal. So we're not just here like looking to have a museum full of 100% guns. Um, not that 100% guns exist. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's really annoying. And just like a certain subset of visitors always wants to play that game. And the few times that I've gotten them to illustrate it, like I could be really mean about it and point out all the things that are like condition problems with their gun, but I don't because, you know, you're not supposed to do that kind of thing. But Or the people man, that come in and too. say that they can clean our guns for us. And it's like, it's not the yeah. same thing, bro. Um, not, and so that does, I mean, parlay into Danny's very astute note that says visitors, man. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was the talking point. This visitors, man. Um, the other one I would like to complain about of visitors, uh, while I have this um, podium, is that quit running in to our freaking cases, right? Like, holy cow, are you people blind? Do so. What you guys haven't don't know is that I mean, they're plastic. They're not always. Camila is taking offering a defense for the visitors, which I appreciate. We should be we should be fair and balanced. Uh, no, that's not um, what this episode's about. Oh right. So the number of times, just in like since the new museum is opened, where visitors have like driven a scooter into a case, or like I've gone. We have up fantastic footage of that. Yeah, we have, we have, just FYI, if you ever decide to do something really stupid in the museum, just we tell us, it. just tell us, just admit it, just admit it and let us we know. Tried. So we tried. So it. can I just real quick years ago, yeah. this like old couple um, on scooters that I think the museum had literally ran into a case and then tried to back up and like kept hitting it and then just wheeled out like nothing happened. And so we were like, <laughs> why is this case all weird? And we tried to find them in the building. Like we, we went after, like we, we, we tried because it was just like, what is wrong with you? Like my favorite part of that case was that the husband left his wife with, who was clearly struggling to drive this thing away. Like just he, he left her with the getaway her. van. He's so like, I'm out. <laughs> oh my God. Danny, if I could, Camila, Danny, if I can find that video, it's been long enough. We can post it. So like anytime, like the, you guys are wondering, like, 
man, I wish museums would do this cool thing or this cool thing, or, oh, they have this great collection. I wonder if they could do like this kind of study or this, like any project that you guys email us about and ask us about, which I get, like, it sounds interesting. We want to like further the study of firearms history. We don't have time because visitors are doing goodness well, and knows what. you're understaffed and underpaid. Right. I can say that you can't. Uh, well, you. and the other, the other thing is like, I, oh, I, we're just getting in trouble here. Don't tell me we need an example of ammunition with every gun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please do not. Like, maybe if we had, like, 10 guns, like, sure. And ammo yeah. history is incredibly important, but ammunition as an artifact decays upon itself. It's not super stable. Lead, lead will be super, like, lead is, I don't know, maybe a conservationist will listen to this and, like, or conserva- a conservator <laughs> will listen to this and be like... <laughs> You don't know what you're talking about, but I can tell you the conservator at the center, not a fan. Lead in storage, sometimes it will keep perfectly and like be Mm -hmm. nice and you know stable. Other times it like will deteriorate at the flick of a switch. It's like it's it's super problematic. And then there's officially there's a bunch of guidelines that we're supposed to follow, like for handling lead. it's just a, a big mess and it's really tough to work with. And the museum field at large is pretty wary of it. And we're like, well, it's important. So we have to figure out a way to do it. It's a huge, it becomes a huge headache, but the number of times that somebody's like, Oh, you guys need to display. I would really love to see a cartridge with every, not to mention for us, that would be like 4,000 individual, which cartridges. I would love to see it. Like that sounds like a very awesome thing, but sometimes reality gets in the way. The one idea that I, I've gotten a lot of good ideas from visitors that are just like, Hey, what you guys should try this. Or you should, and a lot of the times it's just, I, I get it. I agree with you. I see why that would be cool. You know, we just don't have the staffing or financing to do it. Um, there are some ideas that are just really, really bad, but I won't rag on it too much. Yeah. Well, and so you talked about don't run into cases. How about that time? Can we talk about it? Has, it been, has there been enough time to, to talk about what happened in the military gallery? <laughs> I don't remember Actually, which one this was. Uh, this was when I was there with a film crew and I heard oh. a noise. <laughs> and I wasn't even cur- like I wasn't even curator. Like I wasn't anything. I hadn't been there in forever. Like one of the gallery guards was like, uh, ma'am, please move. And he was like, oh, it's you. Like, um, so actually this is, this is, it goes into a moment where I'm going to air a grievance, but then I'm also going to be thankful, you know, cause it's the holiday season because the grievances people need to stop slamming cases and breaking things. And the, the, the thankful part was that we actually had visitors in there that were like, Oh crap. And like saved, saved. They, the Grinches stole Christmas. They, and then they saved it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause they're, cause we have these cool pullout units. People feel the need to like slam them as hard as they can. Um, which is super annoying. Which and over time um, is really bad. Yeah. It wears on the cases and knocks bolts um, and shit out. Eventually, like we'll just have, I don't know, not to be gloom and doom, but I don't know that we'll ever have the funding to replace all those cases outside of another major renovation. Well, but what happened um, with continuous slamming was it like jarred some things loose. And so I was in the gallery and I heard this noise and I came around to watch like 15 visitors like holding up one of the Pull out, the pull out racks so i thought they were yeah. like messing around i was like hey what are you doing <laughs> you know and they're like it fell out and it's so, like they're all holding it while we're waiting and meanwhile danny 
Mr. New Curator at the time. I'm calling him like nonstop and he is not answering. <laughs> I was like, I, Where was, I don't even remember. I was like, you were like in a meeting or whatever. And like, I think you saw that I called, but you're like, whatever, I'll call her back. Like, because I was there, like I was on site, you know, yeah. and like, I was just like, Danny, where? are you? And I was like, I think I sent people to go find you. Cause I was like, <laughs> yeah, I get out of my, I get back to the museum or whatever. And it's just like disaster. Like the worst out. disaster that I could ever imagine. Like, like the visitors that broke the, the bolt handle off the M2 that sucked, but like, they weren't like, like that could, case could have killed someone. Kill broken limb. No fall in the right way. Um, but also like, could you imagine being one of those visitors in that story, like for the rest of your life? Right. Like all these people are like, oh my God, the Cody Fires Museum is so great. It's the best museum on the planet. They're like, oh, is it? Is it? Those guys are a bunch of yays. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else about visitors? The way they sit on furniture. That one I don't care about as much. Um, I cared about those Ottomans. That one kid yeah. put the Ottoman on the side and was like surfing it and almost hit a case. <laughs> Well, see, I, I don't know. Have you been back since we put in the benches? No. Oh, I'm slowly wait, replacing remember, with benches. I think we were talking about either in a meeting, remember, like what, what you wanted to see in the like in the museum, and you were like, benches. But you didn't enunciate <laughs> it that well, so we thought you were talking about something totally different. I do remember that. I do. Um, <laughs> yeah, as long as we're on the visitor point, I can't... Um, the Boy Scouts of America need to get an honorable mention for their last visit where they literally tore a door off of an exhibit case. Oh my gosh, I've had the Boy Scouts of America do this at multiple museums, including Cody on separate occasions, Fort yeah. Delaware State Park, the Smithsonian. Like, what is up? Like, I thought they were supposed to be a respectful group of, of lads, aren't they? Is that they're on like entire thing? I, I thought so, but when they get into museums, man, it is chaos oh and remember chaos. there was that one kid that had the like daniel boone hat on remember like the raccoon hat and he was like bah! with the m2 it was supposed to be short short purse only and i came upstairs there's this little kid that was like not tall enough and like the whole m2 was like shaking him as he was like turning it around what is wrong with people i don't know but yeah the boy so, scouts man I'm they're they're, the last visit was they're a demographic uh and like if you're a boy scout or a boy scout leader like i don't like talk to your kids because i've had so many separate incidences around the country at different times where they have destroyed stuff in museums yeah um and while we're on this topic of visitors i the previous so we talked about how like people will come and collect like condition shame our guns even though there's very valid reasons why they stay in the condition we do and um, well, I'll get into this, that point in a minute, but, um, so, and we just described some of the challenges that we have to like fight a battle on the daily to keep up with it. You know, we can't go do cool stuff because people are forcing us to deal with stupid stuff. Um, but can we talk about how like people, and this seems to be a collector thing, um, more than anything, but they'll like, they'll really rag on museums and then. Like we're, we're constantly short staffed. Right. And we can't do this and can't do this. And then they'll rag on us because of that. And then they'll use that as an excuse to like not support us or get us the support we need to then go do the cool. So it's like, then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy of like lack of um, support. It's not really well articulated, but no, I know what you're saying. Well, here's another visitor one. 
don't, and this is personal for me as, and as people who listen, probably know I have a service dog. Don't bring fake service animals into the museum. There was that one time Danny and I were, <laughs> were walking and, towards our gallery and there was that little dog. Do you remember? We were like, that dog's definitely doing a poop walk, like for sure doing a poop walk. And then remember when we had the service wallaby in the museum? I do remember that. Yeah. We, we know you're faking and we all hate and it. It's and it's actually a crime in the state it. of Wyoming. It's yeah. like, it's like a, like, I can't remember what it is, like federally with the ADA, if you fake it, but like, um, in the state of, there are certain states where it is an actual crime. So stop it. Cause we've seen so many interesting things, but the wallaby was the best. Yeah. And then of course um, we had to, like, we kept walking cause we all followed it because we all wanted to meet the wallaby and around the corner and our HR directors holding the wallaby, you know? Like I, I was envious, but it was just kind of funny. <laughs> so I was like, it was a bizarre. I was like, are we all just gonna like act like this is cool? I mean, it was totally cool because it was cute, but none of your fake service animals from here on in are cool. Wallaby was cute. Nobody else. Nobody else. <laughs> um it was a wallaby, right? I'm not making that up, right? Yeah, it was so, a wallaby. Um had a very long tail. So then <laughs> the so I'll go back to the collector one because this is another one. So we've had this debate on the podcast. We've had Ian on to talk about this issue. And so I won't belabor the point, but a grievance of mine is that whenever we talk, have this, and this has happened several times, like prominently over the last couple of years, is like, we've had this debate about museums versus private collections, especially for firearms. In this debate, museums are always portrayed in the worst light and collectors are always portrayed at their best. So museums get portrayed at their worst. Well, they don't have the funding. The staff didn't want to do this. They had a bunch of paperwork that I didn't want to deal with. So I just, you know, they, they played no fun, please, which I get museums do that stuff all the time. I understand it more than I can express or that you may know. However, the collectors in those scenarios are always portrayed as like the people preserving history in spite of this and like taking care of these things and doing all these things. And to be certain there are collectors motivated by that stuff and that do a very good job and it have carried that torch very well over the years. But if I can sum this up in a single statement, museums are not the reason for the season. Why, when you go to buy a gun, you have to worry about a fake. I mean, yeah. And I, I would agree like, with that. Although I do, I don't know if it's come out yet for when this will be released, but I did do a, another YouTube with Ian where I complained about museums, but it was more about the weird moral code that museums are moving towards um, and that's fine because i disagree with that too but like but no no, I no just, I just, it, I'm finished. oh sorry i'm mansplaining sorry <laughs> i interrupt you all the time and it's never women's planning uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no i was just gonna say like i agree with that and i did do a video where i complained about museums but um you're right i mean like i have found more like so often like trust me museums got their problems with provenance um, but like I've seen like binders full of like provenance. And when you actually like people assume that if there's like binders full of that women, um, that was a good political reference. That was a great reference. Camila wasn't listening. Nope. She shook her head. <laughs> She's not. Um, but like if you've got like a lot of provenance that like that means it is accurate provenance. And I've read through stuff and I'm like, there is no like there's a lot of like like circumstantial evidence, you know, but there's like in like, congratulations on getting all this circumstantial evidence, but the smoking gun, if you will, of like what ties the gun to that situation is very difficult to find. And then, 
you know, they try to give it to us to validate their own provenance or like loan it to us to validate their own provenance. Um, that drives me nuts. There have been stuff that's come yeah. through Cody where it's like, and it was before my time, but like I would inherit it. And then I, we like read the improvenance and we were like, what, you know, but yeah. that was like purposely there for legitimacy that collectors were using. And that's not cool. I mean, when a really prominent author stakes his entire <clears throat> career on both duping museums and replacing solid provenance with just verbiage, um, it's not surprising that the rest of the world follow suit. Are you talking about Larry Wilson? I am talking about R.L. Wilson. You know him like I did. I mean, Larry. he made his, like, he is the reason that firearms museums, like people, will, people, collectors want to approach us about trades, like regularly, like, oh, would you trade this for that? Every trade that I can find in like firearms museum history, whether it was CFM or some other museum where the trade went through, um, I look back on like the assigned values for either side and I'm like, okay, some of this changes over time. So I'm, it's a bit subjective, but I'm like, they were basically always duping the institution. Um, well, and, and he did it more than although more. there used to be on our acquisition forum, there used to be trade used to be a, a line yeah. for choice. Um, we've kind of like by policy. Won't oh, no, no, no. I know we don't do it, but we used to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I never was witness there. to it, but I know that the old forums used to have trade on it. Yeah. But yeah, we haven't done one for a really long time. And then now by policy, we won't. Yeah. And it's because of that, because it just got way too sketch with like to like a collector would approach and then is, you know, he knew somebody that would vouch for it. And then you look back a couple of years later and they're like, wait, n- none of this makes sense really. Um, and it's because certain collectors like, those guys, I mean, essentially they ruined it for everybody, right? Because of like the Connecticut State Library and other stuff like that. And, you know, museums may not, this is the other one, this is the other part that makes me slightly irritated about the debate. And like, you know, collectors are like, we're, you know, we're preserving the history. And again, a lot of them, this is a very, this is a minority that I'm talking about, but um, a lot of them do a really great job how often is an actual collector's stuff seen by the public? Like it's seen among his circle of friends, collectors, maybe on the forum where he posts a picture of it, that kind of thing. Um, that stuff is seen a little bit, but does it compete with like, we do our best that, to make our collection accessible. And, you know, on a really busy day, there might be 2000, 3000 people through this place. Like that's a different scale of engaging with the public and preserving the history that, I don't know. We never get portrayed for that light. We always get portrayed for the bureaucracy. The collectors always get portrayed for when like they share it to a prominent publication and never for the guy that just like locks it away, doesn't talk about it or um, because there's stuff that goes into private collections and then nobody sees it for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, that's just as bad as it's sitting in the back of the museum storage. Um, And then there's the ethical debate of like, there are fakes and forgeries of guns and it's not the museums that are creating those so those are my beefs on this regard at least we hope it's not museums yeah i would hope not but and i like some of those have been like quasi documented um so there's some known actors over the last and i'm talking like over a long period of time not really talking about current um although we do know of certain people that forge cfm record letters but we're not gonna say who those people are not going down that rabbit trail but we know you're you say rabbit trail I did. Isn't it rabbit hole? I've heard both. 
Is it down the pike? <laughs> down the pike, not pipe. I've never heard trail. I've heard hole. Oh, I use both. You're so redneck. <laughs> Um, uh, that's my culture. You and today's okay. idiom is rabbit trail, uh, a bunny trail. I use rabbit trail, but that's like walking down the bunny trail. I'm shrugging my shoulders. Um, um veering off. <laughs> uh, I just pulled up Urban Dictionary, and it says rabbit trail, veering off subject or off the point of the conversation, and just the coincidence and or irony of it just made me laugh. That's pretty great. Go down the rabbit hole, though. That feels different than a rabbit trail. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like know, it's then you get, I always thought a rabbit hole was you got stuck on a topic. Maybe. Or like went way too deep in it. Yeah, topic. that's what I thought. Whereas a rabbit trail was just a distraction. Uh, a rabbit's burrow used to refer to a bizarre. <laughs> Nobody uses that one. <laughs> Nobody says it's rabbit. All right. Burrow. I got to get Urban Dictionary because it's the only way to ve- verify uh, meaning. Although, have you ever, like, on this rabbit trail, have you ever um, Googled Urban Dictionary and not gotten the answer you wanted and it was a very uncomfortable answer? Oh, I found one. I got one. No comment. Uh, metaphor for the conceptual path, which is thought to lead to the true nature of reality, infinitesimally deep and complex. Venturing too far down is probably not that great of an idea. It also, according to Urban Dictionary, is defined as taking hallucinogenic drugs can be considered, can be considered tripping down the rabbit hole. Alice in Wonderland well, being the example. So this is all very illuminating. Yeah. So rabbit trails and holes are different. Um, good to know. Good yeah, to know, good you, to know. So what else we got? I on your list you have why are being at lug so hated? And I kind of want to hear your take on this. Because I have a take mm-hmm. on it, but I want to see if you if I know what the hell you're talking This so <laughs> I've aired my grievances about visitors and now about the collector versus museum debate. Um, which we've done ad nauseum at this point. So doing it again was probably not helpful. But um, the other one I'd like to address as a grievance is, so in the political world of firearms, one argument is that the Second Amendment is sort of non-dependent on technology. It is an amendment about firearms, regardless of how advanced they are. The other side of the argument, or this particular debate, I guess, um, is that the Second Amendment was written with the understanding of the technology of the day. So founding fathers knew what a musket or a rifle or whatever could do, and that's what they were talking about, and they could not anticipate how much technology would change, and so therefore um, that's what the Second Amendment applies to, not, not modern guns. Leaving commentary on that particular argument aside, if that's true, the founding fathers then were explicitly protecting bayonet lugs by protecting muskets. So then why does every assault weapons ban restrict bayonet lugs? If by their argument, the guns of the time and their features thereof were protected. Does that make any sense? No, it makes total sense. And that's what I thought you were going with was that like, like why, why the original, yeah. why the federal assault weapons ban, like regulated bayonet lugs was just a weird. And my husband, you know, whose careers in gun manufacturing said it was just cheaper to leave them all. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, using the strictest interpretation of the second amendment, bayonet lugs are still explicitly in my non-legal scholar opinion, 
explicitly protected because if you're using that understanding they're part of firearms back then so they're protected um but then they're like the first thing on every list of feature like based i don't think california has one anymore i don't think bayonet was it used to be i mean yeah they're not as popular but on like that wave of like 90s era like feature bands it was always one of the first yeah it was really weird um why does everybody hate them they're just they're just little tiny pieces of like steel um grand versus garand oh is that on your airing of grievances Uh, i mean the grievance is that i don't care (laughs) (laughs) that's 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 the grievance is i don't care agree you know what's another what's a grievance for me assault rifle and assault weapon and like just everyone from across the entire debate that just doesn't get it if you if you go to yell at us for using yeah I, the, I think the grievance is the people that conflate the two but think they're like standing up for some definite because every if you use the term assault rifle like if I did if I did a social media post today as the CFM I like go and say here's an example of America's first assault rifle the Burton machine rifle I well we've posted that gun before and referenced it as an assault rifle and had people yell at us for this very thing and they would do it if I posted it today is like there's no such thing as an assault rifle and they've conflated the idea that assault weapon is a legislative term and assault rifle probably like as debated as the actual definition of the term is does have a useful military terminology application unless you're unless you're some, Nick well, there is like widely agreed upon criteria, yeah. like a basic set of criteria. And then there are people that say, well, it really should be this criteria or this criteria. Yeah. Like there's nuance to it, but there are like a set of criteria that defines assault rifle in a professional setting. And yeah. people just want to yell it because they think assault rifle and assault weapon are the same. Yeah. Thing, and they haven't bothered them. Well, and I guess too, I mean, I talked about mansplaining at the beginning of this, but it's also like, um, False sense of if I'm grieving, if I'm grieving, if I'm marrying a grievance, you know, people's false sense of authority really drives me oh, nuts. Yeah. Like if you can yell at me, like knowing, like I'm not always right. I'm wrong all the freaking time. But like I have a lot, like it drives me nuts when somebody who does, like who listened to a two minute video yells at me about something that I have spent the past 15 years studying. Right. And they always come out in the Facebook comments. Yeah. So. Always. So, Grand Garand assault rifle assault weapon. We missing in the Grand Garand debate again. I think it is the official position of History Unloaded that we do not care. Um, other than we don't like being yelled at for. I actually will just also, say, oh, silencer and suppressor. Oh yeah, that's one. And carbine, carbine. Like I potato potato. I cannot be bothered. What's potato, that? Potato potato. Yeah, I I mean, there's part of me that thinks, oh, we should be like, as authorities on the subject, we should pursue like the most correct thing. But at the same time, I can't be bothered. So I guess my grievance is, don't yell. I don't know what my grievance is there. My, just, just don't yell at us. <laughs> I think that's the theme. Don't yell at us for pronunciation. Don't yell at us because we're trying our best in museums. And don't like come yell at us about the condition of our guns. That's it. Those are our grievances. I feel like, do we light sage now? Like, it's like, do we burn them? What do we do? I don't know what the appropriate response is. Emphatically, like, 
I don't emphatically, know. where was that going? <laughs> Not the right word. <laughs> I was going to say metaphorically. Like Wait, no, no, no. What? What? Metaphorically. Oh, I heard metaphorically. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphor. That's a good word. I'm going to use that one. Oh, fucking rabbit trails. Actually, one of your grievances should be my pronunciation on this po- on the history of this podcast. No, you know, it's not a grievance because it always makes me smile. <laughs> All right. So I guess this was really negative and toxic. So we're sorry. But maybe that's why Festivus didn't catch on is because it's actually a super negative holiday. Uh, I mean, but it feels like in today's society, it's, it's, it's just every day. It's not a holiday. It's just a... 365 We're just trying to event. outpace the complaints of Twitter, and it's really hard. It's really hard. All right, well, we will talk to you next week, hopefully about something a little bit less toxic. Happy Festivus, y'all.